Why have your legs got sweaty, Kev? Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Total Italian Football Podcast. Here to talk about no, right his reply to that. No, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. We're here to talk about match day 13 of the 23-24 Serie A season. I'm back. I'm quite a fancy. It feels like a, it's been a while since I've been here hosting the main pod. Obviously, we've been tapping away on Patreon in, in the meantime. He did this last week as well when I wasn't on the podcast. Before he's been introduced, he's trying to speak, but he's going to wait. Ewan Burns, you're also here with me. Hello, Ewan. How are you? Hello. I'm all right. I'm enjoying my opportunity to speak. <laughs> he's, he's now typing. He's harassing us. He is. Pick him off. I hate him. The man I hate is not Vito Doria. Hello, Vito. How are you? Oh, he's got a valid point. I'm good, Connor. I'm just the mute, being amused by all the pre-pod chat and just all the random stuff that's coming in. I, I was amu- amused by the pre-pod chat, Vito, but now it is very much pod chat and it's problematic. Apparently, I said match day three because that's been pointed out by Kev Pugzelski. Um, Hello, Kevin. Of course, it's not match day three. It's 13. And now he's not on mute. Hello. Like, <laughs> Absolutely uh, incredible. Well, I'm so, I'm so not used to uh, having to mute and unmute myself. <laughs> Um, obviously, after my stints hosting, I'll pick up on things like we're on match day 13 and not three now. So um, you're welcome uh, for my correction. Not your rumbly tummy. Not my rumbly tummy, my slurping, <laughs> my tea, or uh, my sweaty knees. Right, why are your knees sweaty? Because that, that sure. just happened but as we were coming on. Yeah, well, I think we were laughing so hard. My legs have got quite hot under this blanket. Right, uh, that's, that's listeners, not a thing, by the way. Listeners, answers on a postcard. Do your knees get hot when you laugh? You said that like it's just you know, you know a thing that happens. Your knees get sweaty when you laugh. <laughs> Can knees oh, sweat? Enjoying yourself. It could be my tea yeah. actually that's quite hot. What are you doing with your tea, Kev? Traditionally, you hold it in your hand and put it in your mouth. I don't know where the knees are involved. Yeah. Making my body overheat, but it's starting at the bottom and coming up. Even though you're putting it in the top. I know. Mad. Are the knees the bottom? Well, they're, they're near the bottom. Yeah, I suppose they're near the where the tea goes in. <laughs> well, then the toes. <laughs> Let's get on with this, shall we? Because match day 13 was a good one, and it's not finished yet. There are still two Monday evening games. We're talking immediately after the Derby d'Italia of Juve Inter. But it kicked off on Saturday with Serenitana and Antonio Candreva beating Lazio 2-1. Napoli then went away to Bagamo and got a 2-1 win to start life under Walter Mazzari. Positively, um, Milan beat Fiorentina one 0 in. I think it's fair to say the most forgettable game of the match day so far. Sunday saw Cagliari Monza finish one one. Frosinone beat Genoa two one. Sassuolo beat Empoli four three in a thriller in Tuscany. And I'm only just now realizing that they actually won this game because the last I saw, Victor Kovalenko had scored the sixth goal of that game to make it three three in the 86th minute. I think. Um, Roma beat Udinese 3-1 and the Derby d'Italia finished 1-1 between Juventus and Inter. Monday night, we've still got Verona Lecce and Bologna-Torino. But we're here to talk about the big ones, aren't we? Um, There's only one place to really start. If you want to hear us talking about any of the other games, by the way, do join us over on patreon.com slash totalitalianfootball where you can sign up for 2, 5 or 10 euro a month. 2 euro a month is silly. And we'll be back in midweek with the women's football podcast to talk about Serie A Femenina. There's been a Milan derby, Inter won. Milan are still rubbish, even though they sacked their coach. And there was a couple of other big results as well. And then there's a bonus podcast about the men's game, which comes a little bit later in the week. But we're here to talk about the men's game from the weekend. And Juve Inter finished 1-1. Vito, a lot of people are moaning about this. I don't know why. I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable game between the best two teams in the country. It was a bit more watchable compared to other games involving the two sides. And I think there was still a its share of drama too. Uh, Juve took the early lead but through Dusan Vlaovic, but that didn't last long as uh, you know, uh, Lautaro cancelled that out. So, um, yeah, I think for, the, for both sides, you know, a uh, good point for each one. And, yeah, um, probably just to go... A little bit off tangent. Um, Juan Cuadrado came on against his former side, and every time he Good touched reception. the ball, he got booed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was amusing. Yeah. I'll put it this way. 
if you were someone who was a statistician and wanted to keep tabs on how many touches Quadrado had, uh, you were always going to be focused because you knew that every time he was near the ball, uh, just the noise would just change around the whole Allianz Stadium. I was quite surprised by just how vicious it was but i guess it, it is because he went there isn't it i don't think they'd be too bothered if he went pretty much anywhere else but i really did enjoy this game you and and i said it before we came on air but it's something that's hard to quantify but this very much did feel like the top two going at it against each other all right juventus had one shot on target and about a third of the ball possession but i don't think that takes away from what was quite a decent game to watch yeah and it was probably it's probably from a neutral's perspective the result you'd ask for, um, particularly with Milan winning as well this weekend, where you know there is still obviously a little bit of a gap between um, Milan and the top two, but it's down to it's only four points to Juve now and six to Inter, so it's it's far from completely over. And yes, Milan got their own problems, but it was it was a better game than I expected because you sort of you look at how few goals the two sides have conceded. Like before this, Inter had conceded six and Juve conceded seven. That's quite silly, really, especially in comparison to everyone else because the next lowest team is Atalanta, no, sorry, Bologna with 10. And then you've got like Monza on 12. So there is a little bit of a jump there. Um, so I thought it'd be very attritional with potentially no goals or just one. So the fact that we got two and some fairly open passages of play while still being quite attritional was quite pleasant i got distracted by something midway through your sentence i came back in and you said something that has got me looking at this area table very confused can you please repeat that point what in in a sense that you don't agree with the maths (laughs) no no, in the sense that i just i zoned out and came back in you said the next (laughs) you've got bologna on 12 and i don't know what you mean so bologna on 10 and then monza on 12 for goals conceded, goals yeah. against. Okay, fine, right, fine. We're, I'm I'm up to speed. Thank you. Just <laughs> very much my fault because we we I'm spoke off air. Thinking, I did say that right. <laughs> we we spoke off air about Kev sniffling and getting him to manage his microphone skills a bit more. And as you were speaking, I could see him sniffling, but it was just nice that I couldn't hear it <laughs> because his mic was muted. And I was trying to type that into the chat, but then I got distracted by you and brought back. Well. I was distracted by the sniffling. But anyway, look, even when he's Because not... I got so hot with my tea, so... Uh... <laughs> His elbows have gotten hot. <laughs> I, I am actually thinking about taking my hoodie off. But, um... It is unlike yeah. you to be That's the wrestliest thing you could possibly yeah, do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm mute before that, though. But yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's quite warm here tonight. Well do you want to chat about the game before you start undressing, Kev? What did you make of it? Uh, I thought it was quite fun. I think it was unexpected that um, it would be a bit end-to-end. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter who I think had leanings towards Inter uh, complaining that it was like, Juventus just passing the ball around now for the sake of it, trying to disrupt our flow. It's like, um, that's what you do if you're the opposition. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, no. it's, it's like being a boxer and... Yeah, I'm not going to put my arms up because I'm just going to let you keep punching me. It's like there are there are strategies that you have to employ um, if you want to try and win a game. And it was, um, yeah, I think it was just uh, sour grapes from someone kind of watching their side sort of slowly, slowly realise that they probably were going to walk away at a point. But, you know, let's face it, you're two points clear and you're top of the league. It's And you've gone to Juve and got a point. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to care too hard, uh, much about. The other thing that's quite nice with um, what you were saying, Connor, about the idea of it feeling like a top two game, two very good goals as well. Yeah. Like high, high, really high quality goals, especially Inters, but Juve's were still very good as well. Satisfying as well when they're scored by the number nine, isn't it? I don't know why yeah. that just adds something to it as well. Because I, I, that is, it's already not going to happen this season because of how good Lataro has been and Flavic being absent. But you want those two to be fighting for... Um, Capricornieri really don't you and this was a little snippet of what that could be like why did you say and Inters was very good as well because I thought that was nicer it was no, easy, I think it I felt, I said, I it felt quicker Inters, smoother yeah. oh okay I thought you said uh, as well as Inters but yeah, uh, the, yeah Inters was better but Juve's were still nice and slick guys can I bring a theory to the table 
that I've had for quite a while, and I just think I've been missing from appropriate main pods to to raise it. I've got a Juventus theory that I want to get your guys' opinion on because I've not had the chance to discuss it with anybody yet, and it's just been increasing in strength as as the weeks go by, and I, I want to nip it in the bud if it's a false one. But we'll go back to, I think it was September, was it? When, when Juventus went away to Sassuolo and they got pumped. Yeah. They, they shipped four. They looked dreadful for most of the game. But for the opening 15 minutes, they actually looked really good. And I think from a Juventus perspective, that match will, at the end of the season, they'll look back and say, that's the best thing that's happened to us this year. Because it'll probably make them win a trophy, possibly Serie A. But from a neutral's perspective, I think that is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to Juventus this year. Because there's a really clear like before and after with Juve when you look at that game. Before it, Allegri was trying some new things. Chiesa was playing with a lot more freedom. And he was linking up with Vlaovic really nicely. Or, or Ken, whoever was playing alongside him in any given game. And since then, they've gone back to 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Which... A lot of people don't particularly like Vito. Am I just confirming my own biases every week, or, or is there something to this theory? I think there is something to this theory because uh, Juventus were looking fantastic before that Sassuolo game, and uh, I think to lose in the way that they did against the Nero Verdi. It was uh, a case of Allegri just going back into what he felt comfortable with, trusting what he knows. Um, for for the neutral, it has been boring to watch. And uh, the win against Fiorentina was one of the worst games I've seen so far this season. But I suppose, you know, in Serie A, they can get away with this, you know, to win eight out of ten games, draw the other two. And... Um, He'll justify it. It's just about the results. But looking at the bigger picture, um, it's not just entertainment for entertainment's sake, but I seriously believe that Juventus needed to continue on this more attacking mindset because you've got to think about next season. And Juventus, what the way they're going, they should qualify for the Champions League. However, they were so atrocious last season that... Uh, they even lost to Maccabi Haifa, you know, with all due respect to the Israeli side. They were just atrocious. And that's because Allegri still thinks defensive football works. You get away with it in Serie A, but in Europe, you know, for the 2024-25 Champions League, you can't expect to park the bus in all six games and then hope to get to the round of 16. Yeah, um, annoyingly, I, can't, I, I, I have a message from Connor somewhere from this game, this Sassuolo game. And I, I can't find it. I can't find the right keyword to find it. But he basically said, Juve might actually be quite fun. Um, and I was like, that's a bit, that's, that's a, it's a bold statement. Um, and then to be fair, the game did get very fun, but not in the way that you meant. Because <laughs> it was fun in the way of it went chaotic. Um, but it's, I just find with this Juve team, Everything just feels like running through sand all the time, even when they do win a game. And they kind of did this last season, but it didn't. They weren't able to maintain it. I think when when you're sort of running that close to the margin of defeat all the time, or or, or of drawing with a team, at some point you're going to stop getting the one nil wins, and they're going to turn into worse results. Kev, give me your two pence. Yeah, well, I don't think they've changed tack too much since that. Sassuolo defeat. I think, A, it's Sassuolo. You know, they can just be crazy at times. They can do this to, you know, top clubs. They can lose to, you know, poorer teams. The, the start of the season for Juve, they beat a very under-par Udinese by three goals. And, you know, Udinese is still sort of struggling defensively. They've shipped three again today. And I think that's just a, a symptom of how bad that defence is. They've put two past Empoli who were woeful at the start of the season. And then they, you know, directly before that Sassuolo game, they beat Lazio 3-1 at home. But Lazio are, are still very inconsistent and being an absolute basket case, I think. They did draw 1-1 at home to Bologna as well, which you're conveniently overlooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when because I think if we're talking about them being really sort of gun-ho and attacking, I think actually they just, they, they, they scored another couple of goals because the defences kind of probably gave them more, um, more efforts on, 
on goal and were just poor defensively. I think I think they've they've always kind of played like this. I don't I don't think it's been a complete turnaround because of what Sassuolo did to them. I think they've all, they've been pretty tepid all season rather than sort of from that moment on. They they did they have ground out a lot of results since then, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a, you know on purpose on the back of that defeat in uh, Reggio Emilio. You close Reggio Emilia. Emilia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, nearly. I think you've got it right once in all the time. Wow, I've known you. Yeah, apart from when we were trying to get a train there because I thought it was going to take us three hours to get back, and I was sending us <laughs> actually to Sassuolo. Yeah. Uh, and... oh, you're funny, Kev. Do you know that? You know, <laughs> for all your flaws, <laughs> you do make us smile. Um, I disagree very strongly with you. I think if you'd go back and watch the, the Bologna game, the Lazio game in particular, Juventus were actually trying to do something a little bit different. And the results since that Sassuolo game, 1-0, 0 2-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 2-1. Oh, jeez. That was a bit of a crazy game against Cagliari. And 1-1 tonight. I, I think they have quite changed. But I, I think Vito's on my side. Kev's not on my side. Bernsey, you've got the deciding vote. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take your point. It does feel a bit like Sassuolo scared them. It was like, ooh, I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like shipping four goals. Kev, I can see you want the, to speak, but we are going to move on to the next game. Oh, well, I was only going to say, the added <laughs> the added point of that was Inter, Inter and Milan weren't dropping points. So now I think if Sassuolo scared them, the other thing that also scared them was that Milan and Inter were not dropping points. So it was like, okay, we might be able, we might be able to draw a game and still remain in touch with them, but we can't sort of go that gun home and lose them. So I'll uh, I'll leave it there for you. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Go on, crack on. In Milan lost five one to Inter in September. Um, but anyway, we'll move on, shall we? There was there was a really bad game this season this weekend, wasn't there? Milan Fiorentina, I thought was stinky absolutely stinky and I think Milan were very very fortunate not only to just avoid defeat but to to somehow manage to win the game Kev yeah and there's only one person I think in the stadium on the pitch that's actually ever going to remember this game and it's the man who scored the penalty no, no, it's the lad who obviously made his debut. Even Hernandez probably isn't gonna. Even Hernandez probably isn't gonna remember the game. I think Camarda's gonna forget that. I think he already has. Dreadful, absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Uh, will we just start talking about him to start with. Then is is that the real point of interest from this game? I think it is. Yes, and I want to implore people to, if they didn't see it live, find the clip of when he came on. And mom. the stadium announcer did a particularly loud and shout his name. And then when everyone shouted back Kamada as he was running on, he had a straight face. And just as they did it, he kind of went, <sighs> like he, yeah. he, he, he let his mask down a little bit. And he was like, that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> Having everyone shout his name back at him. It was really nice. Can I get the ball rolling with you? And I don't think this should be allowed. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that I'm the youngest here and it'll sound weird me moaning about this but like I vividly remember 2008 like a lot so the fact that he was born then I find mental right I'm not just trying to be that it is mad to think that there's a 2008 born footballer playing in Serie A but my point isn't oh no I'm old now my point is I don't think 15 year olds should be allowed play top level professional football and I don't know if this is just me being a bit silly and naive to the fact that he's been he has obviously grown up in an environment where he's now able to play and he's good enough. And if you're good enough, you're old enough, blah, de, blah, de, blah. It doesn't sit right with me, Kev, that there's a 15 year old footballer playing top level football. I just, uh, and obviously that one day you're, you're 15 years old and 364 days. I get that. And then the next day, what makes you fine to play? I get that, but I just, it, it doesn't sit right with me having a 15 year old playing. No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's great for their development. I don't think it's, I don't think it's great for the general sort of youth setup. I've I've had friends that have played at a, a fairly decent level, and when they've mentioned players sort of skipping a couple of age groups, it, you know, players in their position, it's almost like okay, that's you know, that's the end of my chances of sort of making it at that level. But I think you are still growing, you know, physically. Um, that something happened, I think, a few years back where, and you know, youth 
youth players have had to be used because of injuries or because of teams having sort of games within a couple of days because of club world cups and things and it isn't fair really you know because that's where you're putting a team of sort of it was the bolton when bolton were nearly going into administration and they had to sort of field their under 18 side and it, it wasn't fair on their bodies it wasn't fair on their development and this whole you're good enough you a club the size of milan i think is probably my my issue with it um ben dixon who writes for the total uh italian football said to me oh this shows the real sort of strength in the youth setup mm. and i said it, it, it well in my view it doesn't because you, you, if even with lots and lots of um injuries you should have somebody at the under 18s at the under 17s at the under 16s uh, and, and milan tried to make a big thing about it obviously partly because the game was so shit i think so this actually gave their social media team something to sort of but they put up a they put up a stat going oh this is why he's here or whatever it's like he scored 485 goals in 89 games and they made it look like that was for the under 15s now if that's for the under 15s that's even worse because they flogged him it means he's he's if you're playing a, a, a season across a whole 12 months, you're playing a, a game every four days. Yeah. So I suspect, I suspect lots of those goals are from like the under 10s or whatever else it was. And yeah, it, yeah, it just feels mad. You look at like the top 10 players. I took a quick look at the top 10 post-war uh, youngest debutants in Serie A. And you probably remember like four of their names. And that's what we've got to remember here. And that's what Milan fans, hopefully, sorry, I'll, I'll end me rant in a minute. I know you don't want to come in, but that's hopefully where Milan fans who... Uh, not usually known for being sort of calm, <laughs> and you know, if he disappears for another couple of years now, and he doesn't do anything, then they can't just sort of throw him under the bus and go, you know, sort of, you know, look, wasted his talent. You know, he was a 15-year-old debutant, so yeah, hopefully he gets treated very, very well after this monumental, uh, you know, moment in his life for him and his family. So I was about to make a point, but we've had <laughs> we've been digging at Kev the whole time, and now. My mum's let the dog in and she's really noisily drinking next to me. <laughs> but I need to speak. Um, yeah, I think from a squad depth perspective, like, Giroud was suspended. Um, they have Jovic, who, by the way, I didn't even realise was on the pitch until he missed that big chance. Um, and Okafor can play there, so he was injured. That's two absentees. And you've ended up at a 15 year old. Yeah, it shouldn't. I thought you were going to defend which... them there and I was ready to jump <laughs> down your throat. <laughs> which is a bit mad because, like, I think Kev, you might have said this on Twitter when you were talking to somebody, but he, he's, he's leapfrogged a, a lot of people there. You know, he, he's not yeah. the oldest striker in the youth setup at Milan. Because um, no, Ben said, oh, they had injuries. I went, yeah, which shows how shit the rest of their summer signings have been. The fact that, like, Chikawazi's not being like drafted into the middle so you can play you know somebody else wide you know that you've had to call on a 15 year old Adley was on the bench you reshuffled things a little bit yeah yeah and you should reshuffle you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't be relying on a 15 year old and it says oh you know oh yeah because you it's me well yeah exactly because it's Milan because they're resources if this is if this is a Serie B Serie C club then yeah you've, you've probably got a very small youth setup you've probably got a very small sort of first team squad and then this is where you see sort of youngsters drafted in but not for very long and not under the spotlight of a what was there maybe 60,000 in the San Siro last night but it's crazy that they're yeah it's crazy they're relying on a 15 year old you and I'm appreciative of the fact that you are at home and you're not always at home um, in that house but you don't need to show us every single fucking move the dog makes because we are trying to get She's on with things on <laughs> um, she wasn't climbing on you when you were angling the camera down towards the floor but Fiorentina will be kicking themselves after this Vita, because they were they were the better team they had so much more of the chances or of the attempts at least and somehow they've left San Siro not only without a win, but empty-handed completely. It's another case of them struggling to get results against those teams that are either pushing for Europe or, you know, are near those top echelons of Serie A. Uh, in this particular game, they had about 58% possession uh, and they took 21 shots to nine. But the telling stat is that only four of those shots were on target. It was Milan had six. So even when they did get them on target, uh, Manian was able to make a save. So this is, yeah, definitely another 
regret for them. However, I think if Manyan didn't make that point blank range save from Mandragora, um, it might have been a different game. It might well have been a different game. Manyan just... I don't know what it is about him because I, I often forget that he's as good as he is, but he so regularly just proves that he's, he is the best goalkeeper in Serie A, isn't he? Yes. He does that thing where like you sort of forget that this is actually just the basics of goalkeeping, but he just gets in the way of everything. In the, in, so I mean that in the sense that a lot of the saves he makes are not conventional, but he he's somehow better than most at throwing himself at something, which is kind of what he did with that Mandrago one. He just appeared as big as possible. It was really impressive. Did anybody see? I'm not. not I'm, I'm sure I'm not to jump on the Milan socials team, but did anybody see the the, the graphic they put up where it said seven passes in the final third? I thought he was going back to Francesco Camazzo there. For a <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, unless they've got the final third wrong, because I, I didn't watch the game, but I've seen the highlights. But I still, the highlights didn't suggest that Magnan would have been making seven passes in the final third. Um, Wait, where? Yeah, yeah, is that to the final third? Yeah, well, it, if you, <laughs> if you find my, if you, I, I, I commented on it. You'll find it okay. on my uh, Twitter feed. But um, yeah, it says seven passes in the final third, and it's like, what? It's like I know it's a shit game, but come on, lads, there must have been another stat you could have put up on his graphic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does just say seven <laughs> passes in final third, not in two or anything. Yeah. That is, yeah, odd. it's like. Because surely he makes more than seven passes in Milan, in Milan's if they're classing final third as the the, the the first third is what I'd call it. Nuts, absolute nuts, and just it just some of the socials just astound me that people seven put out. In final third, it's, that that was brought to you by Skrill. Yeah, who's um, Skrill? Maybe it's their fault. The Skrill is your wallet online now available in the US. Right, no, that's not. I didn't want you to read what they say they are. <laughs> what are they? Now we're fucking sponsored really? by Skrill. They're, <laughs> they're a global payment solution, I believe. This is what I find very I'm not going to name people, but like, there are. You're going to say something a little bit spicy, who are, though. <laughs> who are following Skrill. It's like, why are you following them? Just because they, they have some sort of vague sponsorship going on with your team. Doesn't well, they're, you need to follow them. They're a global payment solution that can't can't yeah. determine final third from first third. So they might be putting your fucking debits in your credits <laughs> or the other way around. So don't fucking make them. In the quarter. There's an Atalanta fan page that I follow that follows them, which is particularly odd. But anyway, maybe they have dealings with them outside of their, their football fandom. Um, I don't know. I've just seen a very interesting tweet there. Sorry, that's related to nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's more to do with what's been happening in Dublin this week. And it's a it's a sad tweet, but also a little bit funny. I'll talk to you about it later, Ewan. <laughs> Let's not get into that now. Um, what else should we talk about? Can we move on from this? I think we can. Lazio losing to Salernitana did make me giggle. I was in Milan when I found out this result. I'd been at a Serie A Femenile game, Como Pomigliano, nil-nil, and it was better than most of the games I've watched this weekend. Um, but there is something a little bit funny about Antonio Candreva just loving scoring against the Roman clubs, Vito, isn't there? Yeah, or any of his former clubs, to be fair. Mm. And uh, it's one of those things with Antonio Candreva. Uh, when he takes a long-range shot, he either blasts it all over the place or... It just manages to fly into the net. And that goal to win the game, that was a superb strike. Oh, that was fantastic. It absolutely was. But I think we do have to ask some questions of Mr. Ivan Provadel because we've championed him. We've said that he should probably be ahead of Gianluigi Donnarumma in the pecking order for Italy. Well, maybe not this season because Donnarumma's actually been good. But I would still probably have Vicario as Italy's number one if it were up to me. But Kevin, I thought Providel looked like a bit of a mug on this one because it didn't move that much, did it? It didn't move that much. It was coming from so far away that he should have just stayed on his feet. And I sometimes wonder with goalkeepers, when you see them like almost jump stationary in the air, you know, so their feet aren't on the ground, it's like you surely can save that or 
you've surely got a better chance of saving that if your feet are planted, you're spreading yourself because it was a powerful shot, you know, we can't deny that. But then you can push it over. We're not asking him to like hold on to the ball, but it 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 was bizarre. But um if you're a Lazio fan, he's probably got plenty of credit in the bank for yeah. wow, just just probably for that Atletico goal. But um yeah, it, it, it was it was poor. It really was poor. It was poor. Um Fiorentina, I'm coming to you because I'm just thinking about that Jada Grenchi goal that she scored today against Fiorentina and it was an absolute belter. So we will move on to, to Roma's men's team on that. Uh, you must be happy because they got a nice 3-1 win, which is a very un-Mourinho-like scoreline, I think it's fair to say. Gianluca Mancini opened the scoring. Florian Tovan temporarily leveled it just before the hour mark and then Paolo Dybala and Stefano Shirawi stepped up and killed the game off late on. Yeah, this was one of those games that feeds into the when Dybala's around, they can do a bit more um, idea. Because when you see it go to 1-1 and you think this Roman team 1-1 at home against Udinese, you think I I don't back them at all to change that scoreline from this point in. But um, when Dybala's on the pitch, they, there's just more going on. And it's amazing you know, for a player who doesn't really cover much in the way of yardage anymore that's not his game he he just makes everything happen and is always on the ball and lo and behold he went and scored what was the winning goal um and it's just it's a very like i say it's a bit unusual win but a very welcome one kevin there's something about paolo dybala and francesco totti in your post-match piece and i can't remember quite what it is yeah well um so totti has the most goal involvements against any one side which was 20 against Parma. Ah, okay. And um, Dybala went one behind him tonight with his assist for the Mancini goal and his own goal with 19 against uh, Udinese. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether, because Ewan's just touched on this, but I don't know whether it's Dybala's not been uh, fit and available for Roma enough for me to watch him, but he seemed to carry, you know, somebody, I'm sure there's a stats person out there that will maybe look at this after his performance tonight, but he seemed to do a lot more ball carrying than I've ever seen him do. Uh, although maybe that might have just been the fact that the Udinese players were just trying to, trying to kick lumps out of him. Every time he sort of tried, he took sort of more than five strides forward, there seemed to be a new Udinese player sort of rattling into him. And um, But, you know, he was shaking it off, whereas I think he probably lasted 85 minutes because he came off shortly after scoring the crucial goal that gave him the points, really. But um, he was everywhere tonight. And actually it was... Um, yeah, I was just sort of finished watching the game thinking... Almost what I used to think about Dybala sort of five or six years ago when he was at Juventus and he was really, really influential. I will just say that you say he was shaking it off, but this seems to always happen where it looks like he's shook off these sorts of tackles because he is, he is a player who gets targeted, obviously. And then there'll be a story in about two days' time where it's that he's out for six months. Or just that one of the kicks, it turns out, has actually developed into a serious ankle bruise or something six months is a bad example but you know what i mean it'll just disappear for like three weeks and then yeah again well, i think the point I was, the point i was making in my piece was that because of all those goals he'd scored against udinese over the years maybe they sort of they, those enough. stats from opta were just up on the dressing room um wall everywhere <laughs> before the game yeah. This guy's taking the piss out of you for two years. Stop. We must stop him. Leave everybody out. It's fine. Guys, who watched <laughs> Atalanta Napoli? Because I didn't see a second of it. I saw... What did I see? I saw Luckman's goal, and that's literally it. I've seen the goals. I okay. saw Rachmani's disallowed goal. Bloody hell. I mean, <laughs> it's one of them where, you know, if, if we want offside to be binary, then yeah, sure, it's offside, but it's, it's unlucky. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was a toe, wasn't it? It, it is literally oh, it was, a yeah, toe. A toe yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is outside. You'd feel hard done by. <laughs> Arsene Wenger will be rolling his duffel coat. <laughs> Why? There must be daylight. Oh, okay. He wants to rewrite oh, yeah, the rules. He's one of the, he's, the new he Wenger rule. Far with Wenger it. He wants there to be a metre of daylight between the players. He just right. wants a oh, thousand just goals. Now. It's daylight. Um, daylight's mad, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're not getting down that, are we? It's a good result for Matsari because I think there were a lot of questions about his appointment. I, I'm not convinced that he's going to be the right man for that job. But going away to Bergamo is not easy. And I think Atalanta probably would have been targeting that, despite the fact that they have a lot of problems. Um, would have been targeting that as a, a game that they could possibly win with with all of the turmoil and, and change that's going on. 
at Napoli, but Vito, the, the champions, as odd as it feels to call them that now, they got the job done. They did get the job done, and um, they probably should have won by more because they were the better team uh, throughout the game. Especially in that first half, the way they were attacking, basically Mazzari's just gone back to what Spalletti had done. He hasn't really gone back to his methods of using a three-man defense and playing on the counter. They were just uh, passing the ball around, and it was incredible to see how advanced Rachmani and Di Lorenzo were at times. So, um, yeah, to peg that Atalanta team back in the way they did was uh, pretty remarkable. Then in the second half, you know, Lukman did get the equaliser and Ladea were trying to get back into the game. But then Karnaseki, to play the ball out like that, that was, yeah, very disappointing for someone with his potential. Then for Osimhen, who came off the bench and set up a pretty easy goal for Elmas to win it. So, um yeah, the winner was a bit fortuitous, but I think overall the Partenopei were worthy of the win. And as long as, you know, Matsari's just staying for the end of this season, I think it's a, a, um, a good result and a good start for him on his return. Speaking of good things, Empoli 3, Sassuolo 4. Now this, this just sums up Sassuolo, doesn't it? Because they went 1-0 down inside four minutes and they ended up getting the winner in the 92nd through, obviously, Domenico Baraggi. Kev, everybody should just watch them all the time. Yeah, and it feels like that would have worn off because I think we were saying that when they... God, I'm trying to think when they came up. They must have been in Syria for 10 years now. I think 2014 or 13 was when they... Yeah, and sort of the, the, the first years they came up, it was like, yeah, you know, keep watching them. Then it was them, like, watch them in Atalanta, but... They keep entertaining us. Mm. Um, Berardi's still there. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll level out when Berardi finally leaves or just retires. Although he this... could probably play until he was forty. I'm gonna um, put this to you, but it means absolutely nothing, and it's just come into my head now. But he has to get a statue, doesn't he? Uh, uh, are they that allowed to? Do they technically own that statue? Well, they, no, but they... they can build one in. Um, so the the Enzo Ricci, where that garden. they're from. Which I don't. You didn't come to that, but they've their stadium in Sassuolo. When Manionelli retired, they basically put a big mural of him up on on the entrance to that, and it's, it's a gorgeous mural. But there's just Berardi. Just the fact that he's still there is incredible because he is. I'm gonna say it: the best Italian forward of his generation. <laughs> like, and he's been with Sassuolo his whole career. Oh yeah, well, I think he's certainly Sassuolo's greatest ever player um i'm loath to say i love to agree that he's the greatest italian forward of his generation just because you'll ask me for an i will eternity. name a better one and, yeah. I can, and, I, and i just can't i can't think of one uh off the top of my head or i'm trying to think is with he would insigne be his generation yes and berardi's better yeah i'd, I'd agree with that to be insigne fair. had uh, two certainly more years where he was otherworldly maybe but I'd, I'd take Brady yeah. over Insigne uh, I, just, I remember too many years too many years watching Insigne frustrate me I think um, is why I'd edge Berardi over him also cashing uh, in your chips at 30 to go to the US does have a, a, a lasting legacy for me Canada uh, US soccer sorry that he is in the US league but you're very right to call me out on that he is in Toronto isn't he is he Yes, he's still. It is true. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. right, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's where they like, all go, um, isn't it? After Jovinko, because what's my favourite? <laughs> yeah, Benedeschi went there as well. Benedeschi went um, there. Cristiano went there for a week. <laughs> Didn't fancy it. Um, my favourite thing about this game was Natiaviti of formerly Empoli um, coming back and giving away a penalty <laughs> inside two minutes <laughs> with his new club. I always think it's nice when that something happens. That is excellent. I'm a, I'm a big Did he fan score the own goal as well? No, Vigna. Oh, okay. That's where I'm. I heard a V. <laughs> I thought Benzie was going to. Speaking of. Go on. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's your cue, Vito, to say literally anything. Uh, speaking of Vs, <laughs> Malinovsk V uh, scored a belter as Genoa lost 2 1 to Frozenone, and Matthias Sule scored for Frozenone, and they got a late, late winner through Eladio Monterizzi. The 94th minute that was. But Vito. Statistically, 
they're not. But I think Frozen on Air are quite fun this year. Oh, they are fun. Uh, I think they're definitely going to be up there with teams that I find the most entertaining, you know, with um, uh, Sassuolo and even Monza. So, yeah, they're definitely one for the neutrals. And they're still a very young side. There are a lot of players on loan from other teams. And to see someone as young as Sule pretty much be the talisman this season, I think that's uh, an impressive thing on his part as well. Peter, why are they fun? Like, if, if someone doesn't watch them and hasn't watched them but thinks, hmm, maybe I'll watch something different this week, why should they watch Frozen on it? Oh, look, um, they've got Eusebio Di Francesco as a coach, and his way of coaching is basically a throwback to his Sassuolo days from 10 years ago. Um, you know, so they always play with a back four. Sometimes it's 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. But what I like about them is they play with a lot of confidence. Um even if there's not much space to play in, they'll still try all these different triangles and quickly work their way forward possible. And even if they have to play on the counter-attack, they got the speed to just um, capitalise on the space. What I quite like about them is they've got this group of interesting young players of which Sule is like the leader, obviously. Um, But they've got um, Renier, who... I didn't realise it was the same one at first, but no, it's not. it just feels weird that Frosinone have got a low knee from Real Madrid, who for a period of time was a bit of a regular when he was on loan at Dortmund. And um, I think I think he was good I on the manager. I assumed it was a different one as well. I did. Yeah, I did initially. And then I was like, oh, hang on, this is the same guy. And he, he was he was a bit of a prospective big deal um, for a while. So I, I assume his development may have stalled slightly, but he's still only 21 and he's playing regularly for them. Sounds like he was 15 then when he was this bit of a big deal. He signed for Real Madrid, I think it was, I I think he was after Vinny and Rodrigo. So he was one of those that signed before he was allowed to go. And then he did go and he played for the B team, I think, didn't he? And never quite made it into the first team. But I, I, I think he went to Dortmund and just upset everybody by not being as good as their previous loan from Real Madrid, which was Akrafakimi. Um, so it's harsh. It's hard to hold him to those standards, but yeah, one to watch out for. He's got, he's started all right with Frozen on here. Now I'm going to watch him even closer that I know it's him. It's just a bit more interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I should. It was just the same name, but it is the same dude. Everybody watch Frozen on After you watch Sassuolo, prioritize them. And then if you've got a bit more time, pop Frozen on on. Why not? They were involved in that mad game recently as well, remember, when Cagliari came back from from the dead. So, tune in. I think we'll leave it there. Uh, Burnsy, give us a quick rat at uh, uh, Kev. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you, you had an I- ideal segue into Cagliari Monza. And it does feel, uh, we should note that uh, Claudio Ranieri celebrated his 450th Serie A game. And he got his 700th point. You're right. I was really annoyed that you were bringing that game up, but there you go. 450 games is massive, particularly for a coach who's not always been in Italy. Like, he's gone everywhere. He's coached in France. Has he coached in Turkey? He's coached in England, obviously, quite successfully. He's coached in Spain more than once as well, I think. He's been everywhere. We love him. Yeah, absolutely. I must be. Originally, I thought it was 700 games, and then I realized, oh, no, I've got that the wrong way around because. He spent all those years elsewhere. But to get 450 games... And, Not a great and return, I, actually, that is it, if it's 700 no, plays before. No, I, I, he was a couple of games ago, so they must have lost their last two or something because it's been in the Optus stats like every week that this could be okay. this could be Ranieri's uh, um, 700th point and he just hasn't got it. So I know he, I know he got it today. Well, there we go. Congratulations, Claudio. We, we are all fans of your work, um, even if we're not necessarily fans of... Cagliari. I think that'll do it. Kev, do we have your permission to? Yes, you can close the pod out. Good stuff. Right, quick wraps from Burnsy and Mr. Doria. Burnsy, what's been happening in the women's Serie A this weekend? It was a good one. I'll tell you what's been happening. Five games have been happening. Standard, ten teams, that'll happen. Yep. (laughs) I I thought it might, and it did. It delivered (laughs) once again. Um, Milan Derby, obviously your headline, um, which Inter won, wasn't necessarily a corker. But Good header, won. though. Mm. By a player who is having a 
weird season considering the previous one. Weird person. Um, yeah, weird person. We shouldn't say that when we're not on the Patreon podcast because we can't go into the reasons for it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is readily available. Everybody um, sign up to Patreon two euro a month, and I'll tell you all the reasons why. But... <laughs> um, Roma won yet again because it's what they do, but not they oh. didn't whack anyone because Fiorentina oh. are a solid team. Go on, say what you want to say. Talk about the Roma goals, please. <laughs> Please talk about no, Roma I'm, goals. I'm, I'm saving them. You have to pay to hear about Roma Ooh. goals. They're that good. They're too special for non-paying customers. Both of them. Um, <laughs> um, Sassuolo, bear in mind that they're basically not that great anymore. One 4 nil away at a team who, to be fair, shouldn't be any good, but have been better than expected. Sorry, Samp. Vito, it was Samp. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and there was also Napoli 1, Juve 3, which, again, that you know, much like the five games being played, Juventus beating Napoli will happen. Um, but a sad they thing happened. They went 1-0 down early, though, and Julia Grosso, sorry, Canadian listener, she was our player of the week last week, she got injured after four minutes, and it doesn't look very good. Mm, well, there might be more news on that by the time we do the... Yeah. Uh, women's pod, and come on, nil, probably on a nil, which, as you said, you were at... Which was pleasant for you. Everybody's moving home. Who's moving home? Twenty percent of the league. Oh. <laughs> Inter have moved to a more central location. So if you are in Milan, you can go to an Inter game very, very easily now. Whereas in the past, it was a little bit awkward, yeah. and you didn't you, know. Which you might have a clue where it is. Yes. <laughs> um, and Samp are moving out of Vercelli to go near Genoa, I think, but not quite in Genoa. But I don't know when that's happening. Maybe tomorrow. If they've got the van booked. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry, F. Manila is a load of fun. So I would recommend heading over for that podcast. The team of the week is scheduled on the website, so that'll be going out tomorrow as well. But anyway, Vito, what's been happening in Serie B? A lot's been going on in Serie B. Well, firstly, Venezia and Parma are now level on the top of the table because Parma drew 1 1 with Modena and Venezia smashed Bari 3 0 in Bari. So that's the big result. Um, Cesc Fabregas on his debut as Commonwealth coach got a win at Farab, against Farapi Salot 2-1 and they have a catch-up game midweek so there's the potential for them to outleap Cremonese and jump up to third so that's uh, that's the news from him and yeah, uh, other news uh, two more derbies I'll point out Catanzaro finally broke their losing uh, streak and bet Cosenza 2-0 and then Sampdoria, they bet Spezia 2-1 so that's three wins in a row and uh, Four out of five wins. So, good turnaround for Pirlo. I've decided I have a hot take on Parma. Do you want it? Yes. <laughs> they don't like it up them. They, they bottle it in the derbies. They they somehow managed to not beat Reggiana, who were woeful at the start oh, of the season. Been, yeah. And now they've dropped points against Modena, despite obviously being a better team than Modena. And they lost against Modena in the home derby last year because... They can't do it. But I come on, Parma, get your act back together. Back to back games without a win. Not happy about that. Can we uh, not get Cremonese back, please? Can you see to that, Vito? Do you yeah, hold that power I, when you're watching Serie <laughs> I think um I think the plan should be just mark Massimo Corda because he's low in, leading goal scorer with nine goals. Spezia be specialist man, isn't he? Spezia mm, are yes. in trouble, which is always sad. I hate when you see the Serie A teams go down and then struggle again and it does happen quite often in when you go from Serie A to Serie B probably more than it does in, in most other countries and Spezia are, are banging trouble down there I can't remember the last time they won a game I think they've only won once this season not great but anyway that'll yeah. do it um, Vito will have the roundup on total-italianfootball.com very very soon you and Burns will have a written write up of the Serie A Femenile season and we'll be doing that podcast Probably on Tuesday is when that usually gets recorded and published. And that'll just about do it. Say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.
palpitando sotto una bandiera giallo-blu, giallo-blu. I nostri eroi stanno entrando in campo e si alza il coro della nord. Ale, Frosinone Ale. Mille sciarpe nel vento è una città che sogna e che canta. Ale, Frosinone Ale, non ti lascerò mai, sarò sempre con te. Ale, Frosinone Ale, non ti lascerò mai. Non ti lascerò mai